0: Um, we are in the middle of a series called Fresh Fire, and this is based on uh, a song by the belonging company, and um, it's, it's uh, not too new anymore, but um, we'll sing it. Uh, here regularly in the coming weeks but um, it, it really spoke to my heart and immediately as soon as I heard the song God gave me a five-week sermon series and so I've just been writing as fast as I could and so we're on on week two of that series last week we looked at uh, the the verse one search me O Lord and this was based on King David asking the Lord to search his heart find any grievous way in him and then lead him in the way everlasting and so that's kind of step one if we want to see a fresh fire, a fresh anointing. If we want to see God move in power, then it requires us to humble ourselves before him, to seek his face, to um, uh, humble ourselves and repent of our wicked ways. And what will he do? He'll turn towards us. He'll heal our land and and forgive us and he'll um, restore us. And and so that's what we want uh, as far as a church. That's what we want here in Weatherford and the surrounding areas is we want God to move in power. Amen. And so we're calling on God to send a fresh Fire and a fresh awakening that God would uh, call people to Himself. That people that don't know Jesus would uh, understand the gospel and that they would come to a saving understanding, a saving knowledge of the Lord and Savior. Um, because my job, and I've said this a million times, but my job is not to entertain the saints. Right? Um, uh, unfortunately for you, maybe uh, my job isn't just to, to uh, entertain you. Um, my job is to reach the lost, and your job is to reach the lost. And so. My- My job is to equip you to reach those who don't know Jesus. And in order for us to be empowered to do so, we need a fresh fire. And so last week we looked at that idea of repentance and holiness. And this week we're going to look at this idea of of supernatural provision from the Lord. And we're going to be studying uh, through uh, the two prophets, Elijah and Elisha. But this is the chorus of the song, uh, fresh fire, fresh fire, I'm not going to sing it. Fresh fire, uh, fresh fire, fire from the heavens, open the heavens right now. Fresh oil, fresh oil, oil of your presence, pour out your presence right now. And the first point that I want to make this morning is fire from heaven is a demonstration of God's supernatural power. Anytime throughout the Old Testament, um, anytime fire fell from heaven, it was a demonstration of God's power. Historically, fire from heaven was, was always one of two things. It's either God's acceptance of an offering or, or it's God's judgment on people. In other words, um, God is receiving uh, from, from us. It's either uh, through uh, judgment or, you know, he's receiving fire from heaven is God's judgment. It's either placed on an offering or a people, and so we can either have a substitute for our sins, or we ourselves can pay the punishment for our sins. And and so God demonstrates His power generally throughout the Bible um, through fire from heaven. But under the new covenant, meaning after Jesus came um, and and He set us free from the law, we are no longer bound by the law. We're no longer dependent upon our good works to have right standing before the Lord. But we can claim Jesus. Jesus received the punishment. And we received the fire. That's good news. Uh, Jesus received the punishment, and we received the fire. And so what is the purpose of fire from heaven? It's the demonstration of God's supernatural power. So when Jesus tells the disciples to wait... What does he tell them to wait on? An empowering of the Holy Spirit. He, he tells them to wait on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what is his reasoning? Because he wants us to have a supernatural power. And he wants that to be on display for all people. We see this in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will soon receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. It's a display. It's a demonstration of God's power. And so when we receive from the Lord this fire... This fresh fire then it demonstrates to people we are now witnesses fire is a witnessing tool Um, we are demonstrated we're lighting lamps we're making it known that Jesus has come and we are doing so through not just our own means but fire from heaven we will receive power and then we will be his witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth and then we see in Acts chapter 2 verse 2 and 3. And suddenly there, what happens? There's fire from heaven. There came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. This is really important. It didn't destroy them. It didn't consume them. It wasn't like the fire that fell on Sodom and Gomorrah. It wasn't like the fire that came and consumed an offering. It was like the burning bush that called Moses where it was on fire but it was not Consumed. It was like the pillar of fire that led the Israelites through the desert. We're going to look at at that next week about the burning bush and the fire of the pillar. But but it's interesting that this dynamic, this symbolism. And I know I'm a little deeper than normal uh, this morning, but I want you to catch this symbolism. It's it's the uh, there's an empowering and a witnessing aspect of fire that's not about judgment. It's not about consuming. It's 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 simply about displaying and calling us to something more and and calling us to the promise and leading us through our lives and that's what happened with Moses and and I'm I'm jumping in ahead to next week Um, but but that's what happens and that's what's happening here the fire isn't consuming the the apostles it's not consuming the the followers of Jesus but what's it doing it's resting on them and what's it resting on them to do it's empowering them to tell the world about Jesus it's a supernatural demonstration of God's power you guys aren't as fired up as I want you to be. That's okay, though. Oil throughout Scripture, um, is, it symbolizes an anointing. It symbolizes the Holy Spirit, uh, wealth, abundance. Um, anytime you see the oil uh, represented throughout Scripture, it's, it's abundance, it's health, it's energy. It's a vital ingredient for a good life. And, um, and not only is it fuel for the body but it's also fuel for fire. Jesus even uses this symbolism uh, when he talks about the, the ten virgins waiting uh, and with their oil lamps, and, and their oil is fuel for the fire, and, and they're wanting, you know, the, the whole parable, which we won't talk about this morning, you'll have to look it up on your own, but it's, do you have oil? Do you have that, that oil that you need? And, and let, me, let me tell you this, that the oil... Um, the presence of the Holy Spirit is the fuel for God's demonstration of power. You have to have both. You have to have, in order to have fresh fire, you have to have fresh oil. In order for the disciples to be his witnesses, they had to receive from the Holy Spirit in the upper room. And that's uh, when they received the Holy Spirit, that's when they also received the fire. And so that's just a preview of where we're headed in our study. But I want you to understand the history of fire from heaven and oil for provision. And so to do that, we're going to study two prophets, two of the major prophets, Elijah and Elisha. And we're going to look at God's supernatural provision. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. All right. Uh, so two stories. Um, I'm going to spend about 25 minutes on Elijah and about five minutes on Elisha. Uh, I was I was reading through it, and I'm like, I'm not going to get to Elisha. So uh, maybe on Wednesday, come on Wednesday night, and I'll finish this sermon. I'm going to do the best I can, but I don't want to keep you. You know, you get hungry and start throwing stuff at me. Um, <clears throat> and uh, unless fire from heaven shows up, then maybe you'll want to stay. So uh, we're going to look at the story of Elijah. Elijah has challenged the prophets of Baal, so he's come up against um, uh, King Ahab and, and his wife Jezebel. Many of you know, uh, those names. Jezebel is this wicked queen. Ahab is, uh, is the king. Um, and, and so they're, uh, wicked and, and Elijah's calling them out on it because they're serving, they're not serving God. They're serving, uh, these idols and, and, and they're kind of going back and forth and, and Ahab's going back and forth, but Jezebel continues to lead him astray and, and so, Elijah um, Elijah's calling him out on it, and he's saying, choose. you got to choose. Choose God, uh, the, the uh, maker of heavens and earth, or choose your idols. But you've got to choose. You can't keep going back and forth. And that's not in my notes, but maybe that's a word... For you today, maybe you're on the fence of, am I a Christian? Do I follow Jesus or, or am I about myself and I just follow my own pleasure, my own satisfaction? I just try to find, uh, what brings me joy and happiness. Am I following my heart? Um, even if it's, uh, in debauchery and, and, and all these fun things that, that look fun, but in ultimately end in death. Is that my life or is my life about serving Jesus who's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Um, I have to choose. And I would encourage you to choose as Elijah is encouraging Ahab to choose. So what Elijah does is he sets up this huge display and he says, all right, bring all of your prophets and we're going to have a showdown. Um, and, and so, um, and so this is what happens in first Kings chapter 18, verse 20 through 39. You can follow along on the screen. You can uh, go to the Bible app and search for life fellowship and, and follow the notes there as well. First Kings chapter 18, verse 20. So Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. And then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are, are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us, and let them choose one bull for themselves, and cut it into pieces, and lay the wood, and put no fire on it. And I will prepare the other bull, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire on it. And you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. Fire is a a display, a demonstration of God's supernatural power. And Elijah knows this, and he's calling out these false prophets. And he's saying, the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. So they all agreed to this. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourselves one bowl and prepare it first. For you are many and, and upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bowl that was given to them and they prepared it and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, "O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice and no one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made. I want you to know that God will answer and show himself powerful when he is called upon. While we should not seek a sign... The Bible is very clear about this. Jesus is very clear about this. uh, God the the Father in the Old Testament is very clear. You should not seek a sign. But but the difference is, you shouldn't seek a sign out of your unbelief. In other words, um, throughout the Bible, God demonstrates his power to those who have faith. He warns us against asking for a sign when people are doubting. The Pharisees ask for a sign... Because they didn't believe Jesus and they wanted a, a sign they wanted proof that that he was Lord they wanted him to demonstrate that he was who he said he was by performing a miracle even though that Jesus had performed many miracles by that point they were wicked and they were asking for another sign another proof the crowds asked Jesus to multiply bread because they were hungry and they wanted bread it wasn't because they believed that Jesus was the Lord and the King, um, they were were just hungry and they just wanted, it was a selfish request. The way Elijah is asking is he's asking God to show himself powerful as a witness to the King. So like I said, fire is a witnessing agent and we see uh, elijah I, I would say this isn't very christian-like uh, but this is in the bible and, and elijah you know he's a guy he's a man and he's not perfect but but um uh he starts making fun and he says at, at noon elijah mocks them and he said cry aloud for 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 he is a god either he's musing or he's, he's in the bathroom right he's relieving himself or he's on a journey perhaps he's asleep and Elijah keeps uh, mocking them, and, and maybe you need to wake him up. And so they they take Elijah and they, they say, Okay, maybe he's right. And so they cried aloud and they cut themselves after their custom with swords and, and lances until the blood um gushed out upon, out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the obligation. But but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. This seems crazy that they were cutting themselves, that they were crying out, that they were being, um, they were being very loud, but I want you to know that still today that the world is willing to go to great lengths to experience supernatural power. And we uh, are deceiving ourselves, we're lying to ourselves. If we say that we are living in a post-supernatural uh, world where people aren't seeking after that, they're scientifically minded. I've just seen it. I've worked with college students and high schoolers that are believing in these horoscopes and these crystals and all of that is on a rise again. And there, there's an increase in witchcraft and there's an increase in... and in, uh, Just look at the movies that are coming out. On both sides, you have like superheroes and you have these demonic especially in October, we, you know, you have all of this desire for something that's more than ourselves. And I, I know that's contrary to what we hear, that America is post-Christian and it's filled with these atheists that are rational and they only believe in logic and reason. But, but can I tell you that we don't just live in a post-Christian world, we live in a post-truth uh, uh, world. And it's full of fake news and all the information that we could ever want is right here in our fingertips. And so we're not, we're no longer as a society, uh, seeking after the right information or the wrong information. What we're seeking is supernatural power, whether you admit that or not. Astrology and crystals and superheroes and witchcraft. And, and I know I'm going to get made fun of for these next two, um, uh, including that in that list, but, but, but movies and video games. In other words, it doesn't even have to be real. Like, we, we will, we will allow, we'll dedicate hours and hours and hours of our time to something that we know is fantasy, we know is not real, but it's supernatural. We can do things in the video games that we can't do in real life, and, and we can experience somebody that has supernatural powers, and, and there's a, we, we're attracted to that as, as human beings. Why is this? It's because we're hungry for a Lord. We're hungry for God, and he wired it within us. We are hungry because we know that he exists. You can be the, the, um, the most staunch atheist in the world, but there's no way that you can go outside at night and look up at the vastness of space and look at the stars in the sky and think that we're just, it's just by chance. You just can't. There's just something. Where, this is not an accident. God has created us, and he's created us um, uh, for something more. And so we'll, we'll dedicate hours of our time to, to movies and video games, and, and we can call it escapism or entertainment or spirituality, but it, the reality is, is that at the end of the day, when the smartphone is down, when the TV is off, when there's no voice, and there's no answer, it's just like these prophets. After it's all said and done, when they lay in bed at night, there's no one that's answering. There, there's no voice. There's no answer. And that we wonder why there's anxieties on the rise and depression is on the rise and ADHD is on the rise. It's because we're looking for something to fill that God-sized hole within us. And, and when it's all quiet, when it's all said and done, when we've done everything, we've cut ourselves and we're looking for answers there's no one else out there but the Lord. And you can, you can keep searching and you can keep trying to find things that will fill that gap and fill that void and, 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 and distract you from this reality. But the truth is that you're experiencing a hunger for God working in your life. And, and there's nothing that's going to fill that void except the Lord. Verse 30, Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. That's important. And all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. I I want you to, to understand this. The first step in witnessing is inviting people to come near. It's inviting people into a place of worship. It's inviting others to join you in a place of worship. And I'm not talking about this room. It could be this room, and I would encourage you to invite people to church. I I like to see uh, people here, and I'm going to preach at them. but, But honestly, you and your, it could be around your table. It could be in their living room. But we need to invite people to come near. And it doesn't have to be overnight. Inviting someone near to you sometimes takes time. But the other step of that is we're all born with this altar of the Lord in our hearts that I referred to earlier. We're, we're all born with this hunger for something more. And this, and, and that, that altar of the Lord, if I can put it in these terms, is kind of woven in us. Whether you grew up in a Christian home or not, there's that, that desire, that void that's in you when you're born into sin. And so... Over time, that altar can get torn down and, and we, we're told lies and we're told, uh, that this is the purpose in life and this is the meaning of life. When the reality is, um, it's, it's our job to, to worship the Lord. It's our response. You know, that's, that's what's going to fulfill us. And so, uh, some of you might have had the altar of the Lord turned down, uh, tore down by, by people that have abused you. People that claim, you know, the hypocrites that claim to be Christians that have taken advantage or have hurt you in some way. But it's our job, as Elijah did, to say, come near. And then what does he do? He begins to rebuild the altar to the Lord. And he begins to say, hey, this is the truth. This is this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the Lord. He's, and he begins to... to to uh, point back to the twelve tribes of Israel and God's redemptive plan for all of humanity, and He begins to show the the prophets and these people that have been deceived. He begins to show them the truth, and that's our responsibility as Christians to invite people into our lives, into a place where they can worship the Lord. And as they do that, as they grow closer to the Lord, then then they're going to become more fulfilled but it's our job to invite the world into that place where they can experience the power of God. And so that, that might be your kitchen table, it might be um, in their living room, it might be a sanctuary of a church, but it's our responsibility. It's not just the pastor's job to do that. We have to invite everyone. And Elijah, he's not alone. He feels alone at this time. He even tells them, I'm the only one left when there's hundred, <laughs> there's hundreds left, and, and he finds us out later. But um. But even if you feel all alone in the world, even if you feel like you're the only one, it's still your responsibility to go and to reach the lost and the hurting and the broken. And so, um, with stones, he built the altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar, about the altar, as great as would contain two uh, says I don't know a seed. That's a lot. Um, uh, and he puts the wood. So he builds this moat around the altar, and he um, and he puts the wood in. Uh, ordered to cut the bowl into pieces and lay it on the wood. And he said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And he said, do it uh, uh, a third time. And, and they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. Um, I, I want to put it this way, and this might seem like a stretch, but, but what I see Elijah doing he's not trying to deceive people. He's not trying to make it easier on God. He, it, it, in other words, like it, it reminds me of this thing that we used to do in the 90s growing up, and maybe some of you still do this, but uh, like Mardell and other uh, Christian vendors used to start selling these t-shirts that were like they looked like famous logos, but they weren't. You know, there was like a Christian phrase. Anybody remember that season of life? And anybody wearing a shirt like this because I'm about to offend you? Okay. Um, like right now, you're like, no, I've got one wrong. Um, that's okay. Um, but but it's, it's this idea that we're kind of like trying to sneak up on people and share the gospel without them knowing like oh you thought it said Nike but it actually you know it's referring to John three sixteen or whatever I don't even know it's like the Lord's instead of the gold's gym it's the Lord's gym anybody remember that my dad had that one um, uh, and it was like Jesus doing a push up with a cross on his back. And I'm like, all right, okay. Um, and I would still wear that today, honestly, if I could find it. But, but, um, uh, but we're not going to trick anybody into following Jesus by wearing silly t shirts. And Elijah, he was making it crystal clear that he wasn't trying to trick anyone. He, he went out of his way to make it harder for the altar to be lit and and so here's my point some of you um you're trying to sneak up on people and share the gospel in a way that like oh, come to church because we have free donuts and and dakota you know he's kind of funny sometimes because he's an idiot and and so he says things and makes fun of himself and and if nothing else, you know and so we try to make things easier and and we try to like uh build this on-ramp for people and elijah's like no nah, you like, God is real, and I'm not gonna make, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'm not gonna make it easier for you to consume. I'm not gonna water down the gospel. In fact, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna water down, uh, I'm gonna make it more challenging and more real and more evident that, that I'm not trying to, to hide stuff. I'm not trying to, um, light this fire on my own. I'm not trying to build, build some hype and emotion and, and, and rile you up with, with things and be Pentecostal and have a charismatic kick, you know, and, 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 and just uh, play to those emotions and, and, and even uh, join your political party and join that side and rally you up about the way America's going is blank um, and I can do all that I can play to those emotions and all of that stuff but that's not what Elijah does he makes it different he just straight up preaches the gospel and he says hey I'm not I'm not sugarcoating anything actually I'm going to pour some water on this uh, on this altar and I'm going to prove to you that God is who he says he is I'm not trying to cater to your preferences I'm not trying to cater to anything about you. I'm just trying to show you that God is about to consume this and and you're going to be witnesses to his supernatural power. And so stop trying to cater to people and start praying for people. Start praying for people to be healed. Start praying for people to see miracles in their life. Start praying for people to, to witness his supernatural power. And as we do so and we humble ourselves and we seek his face, the Lord will restore our land and he will move in power. And it's not by might but it's by his spirit and we don't have to do anything i don't have to give you a 12-step plan i don't have to give you a three easy points that all rhyme i can just preach the bible to you and god will show himself powerful in your life if you would just listen to what he's saying and if you just witness what he's doing and yes we'll give you free donuts and we'll do all those things but but that's not the point that's not what elijah does he positions himself in faith where if god doesn't show up He's going to look really silly. That's the Christian way to say that. He's going to look silly. A few Wednesdays ago, Wednesdays ago I encouraged everyone. Uh, it was a prayer night. On Wednesday nights at 6, we have what we call prayer meeting. And so I'm, I'm sharing my heart as a pastor. I'm saying, hey, we haven't, we haven't had anyone receive Jesus in like three weeks. We haven't had anyone uh, confess Jesus as Lord. And that's a for me, that's a burden as a pastor. I'm like, I'm trying to preach to people. I'm trying to share the gospel and nobody has responded. And so I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray that more people than ever respond to the gospel this Sunday in four days or whatever that is. um, We're going to respond. We're going to pray that God responds and God is going to show up and people are going to get saved. And I positioned it so that if God didn't show up, I was going to look really silly, and, and I said, you're going to pray, and God's going to respond. You're going to pray, and God's going to respond. And, and, and so we, I, I, I positioned this, and, and um, that next Sunday, uh, we had 10 people raise their hands and, and pray to receive Jesus and it was right before the missions uh conventions uh, the missions focus and so we kind of that kind of got lost in that but i'm like god's moving in power you know and then we start talking about missionaries but i, I don't want you to lose sight of that uh, this actually this last sunday uh eight of those people eight people got baptized in water so so then not only are they making decisions praise god yeah not only are they saying, yeah, I'm hungry, I, I want Jesus, I confess him as Lord, but they're following through in obedience, and they're being baptized, and they're continuing to move forward in the faith, but but to see that happen, and, and I uh, we found out this Wednesday that we're out of Bibles, like I've got to buy, we have boxes of Bibles, and we've given them all away, and uh, anytime I get to reorder boxes of Bibles, that makes me happy, right? We give them to new believers, and so... Um, God God is moving in power in response to the prayers of his people. But it requires a faith, not not a, a, a it, that isn't trying to be sneaky, that isn't trying to hedge our bets. It isn't trying to we're just all in and we're saying, "God, you have to show up." If you don't show up then we're not we you know, we just put God in a position where he has to show up and God will respond to the prayers of his people. We're pouring water on the altar. We're not praying safe prayers. Um, we're praying for you, and we're praying that God shows up in power in your life. Verse, verse 36, at, at that time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me for what reason that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. So there's no dancing around the altar, there's no cutting himself, there's no wailing around, there's there's no emotional showy prayer, not even a keyboard behind him, right? There's not even an altar call moment where where he invites the musician to come up and it makes him sound spiritual, right? I'm even guilty of that. But no, it's just answer me, Lord, that the people know that you are God. That's our heart's cry here at Life Fellowship. Is we want people to know that Jesus is who He says He is, that God is who He says He is, and that He has a plan and a purpose for their life. And and that's simple. It's it's just straightforward. And what happens? The fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And and when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. So when I talk about fresh fire falling, I'm not necessarily talking about the literal fire from heaven falling. I'm talking about that last line where the people fall on their faces and they say, the Lord, he is God, he is God. That's the fresh fire that I am hungry to see is a revival, a great awakening, a movement where people recognize that God is who he says he is, and and they're not going to do that if we don't step out in faith and cry out to God and say, God, use me to bring them the truth. Use me to show uh, yourself powerful. I'm going to streamline this so I can get to Elisha, but um, three three quick points on this that, that I'm just going to give you the points, all right? Just straight up. Uh, God, God will answer and show himself powerful when he's called upon. We've already covered that, but I want to repeat it. God will show himself powerful um, when he's called upon. And so what is our responsibility? It's to be like Elijah and call upon him. And it's to say, hey, let's gather everyone around. Let's invite everyone to church on Sunday morning, and God's going to show himself powerful. It's not about Dakota... Uh, uh, You know, doing anything special, but it's about God showing up. And more happens oftentimes uh, when we invite the elders. To come and pray for people. More happens during that uh, third song when we're singing and 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 praying than maybe happens while I'm preaching. But I want you to know that God is showing up in power here at Life Fellowship, and people are not just getting saved and baptized, but people are getting healed. People are getting set free from addictions. People are getting called to ministry. People are are move. God is moving in power, and and we're going to celebrate those things over and over again. But but God will give you victory over. Your enemies and your sins. So Elijah, these are his enemies. These are the people that have been trying to kill him. These are the people that are mad at him, that are calling him a liar. And, um, and so he's just saying, Hey, come, come near to me and, and God, God will show you. I don't have to show you. I don't have to do anything special. I'm just going to invite God to make himself known in your life. And, and so, um, and, and sometimes our sins, our internal sins, so there's enemies outside of us, but then there's those enemies inside of us, those internal demons, both literal and, and just figurative, where we've just allowed things to become habits in our life that, that we've gotta break free from. But we all struggle with certain things and we all deal with these things, and and if I can just say that, that we need to invite the Holy Spirit of God to burn away all of the, the things that distract us from um, from Him. We have to get to a place where we're so hungry for the Lord that we're saying, God, I don't want just a little bit of you. I want all that you have to offer. And if there's anything in my life that's preventing me from receiving more from you, Lord, uh, have your way in me. That's, that was last week. Search me and and find me and send the fire of the Lord to, to direct my path. And as, as we do that, as we call on God, he will give us victory um, over our enemies and our Things. And then, lastly, God will be revealed to you. Uh, God will be revealed to others through your faith and obedience. In other words, God won't be revealed to others if you're not faithful and obedient. And we don't like to word it that way. We like God will be revealed to others. But but I want to challenge you to be faithful and to be obedient to what God has called you to do. I I, I would do you a disservice if I didn't challenge you. To, to lay down your sins, to be honest about where you are, and to honestly share the good news with those around you. Okay, let's jump to Elisha, and then um, I'll wrap this up early, and then we'll figure out how to do the rest. Because I do have a five-week plan that ends at Christmas, and so that's kind of confusing. Okay. Elisha follows Elijah. I shouldn't have put that because you're just reading it and not listening to me. Um, Focus. Okay, uh, Elijah. Elijah follows Elijah. He he calls for a double portion. Uh, Elisha uh, says, "I want what God has given you times two. Right? I want uh, all that God has given you, uh, and then I want God to double it. And I I want us to have the heart that Elijah had that, that's not content with just God. I, I I see you moving in power in their life." That's, that's great, I want that. No, it's, God, I want all that you have, and I believe that you're able to give me more. Even Elijah himself says, you've asked for a hard thing when Elisha asked for a double portion of his blessing, um, but Elisha receives it because he asked for it. And so you can make a million excuses on why you can't share the gospel with your neighbor, or why you can't invite someone into your life, or or why you can't overcome the sin that you're dealing with, um, but I would encourage you to ask, and you will receive. And so Elisha comes to the wife of one of the sons of the prophets, and and she cries out, "'Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves.'" So she's in a desperate situation. She's lost everything. Her husband has died. She's widowed. She has no money. To the point that they're, she's selling, they're, they're requiring her to sell her children. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. And so she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. Don't miss this. I'm going to ask the musician to come. Uh, And, and she poured, they, uh, she poured, as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. And when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. So while fire from heaven is a supernatural demonstration of God's power, the supernatural provision of this oil is symbolizing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is the word picture that's happening thousands of years before Pentecost. We looked at in the beginning where in Acts 2 where the Holy Spirit comes down and rests upon them and, and like tongues of fire that rests upon them. Um, The the oil of the Holy Spirit is God's provision and the fuel for the fire of a great awakening and God's supernatural power on display. Don't miss this. The oil of the Holy Spirit is the fuel and the provision for what God is going to do in this church and in this community. And we have to receive the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in order for God's supernatural power to be on display in our lives. Listen, I'm not asking you to go to your neighbor's house and ask them for empty jars. I'm asking you not to bring empty vessels. I'm asking you to bring your neighbors. Don't, don't bring vessels from your neighbors. Bring your neighbors. For this reason, I believe that the oil has stopped flowing in churches because we've become full of Christians and there aren't any new vessels that have been brought in. And what happened when, when this widow's oil, she was pouring the oil and pouring the oil and her sons were bringing her more, more and more jars. And as more and more people uh, were bringing in jars and they were being filled up to overflowing, um, what happened when there was no more vessels, the oil stopped flowing. God's provision for the fire of the great awakening is, is coming through uh, the next generation. In other words, it's time... And I believe this is prophetic, and that's not my nature. I just preach the Bible, I preach the word, and it is what it is. Um, But I do believe that God is speaking prophetically this morning that God wants to send revival through the next generation, and it requires us to go out and to collect people and to invite them into God's presence to worship Him and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that, He will fan into flame the next great awakening but it requires us to find some people that need Jesus. We can't just sit in a chair on Sunday. God gave us the Holy Spirit, not so that we could just sit in a chair on Sunday. He gave us the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses out in the world. And we have that jar of oil and we're pouring and we're pouring, but, but we have to have others to pour into. We don't want to just pour all over ourselves, right? We want, to, we want to pour into others. We want to build others up. We want to make disciples of all nations. We have to remember what we're doing here. Because I think a lot of times, in our our title of our church is Life Fellowship, and we emphasize that word fellowship, and we defined it to mean we hang out together with other Christians that know the gospel, and, and so we just hang out and we eat together. Eat is like somewhere in fellowship. I don't think you can spell fellowship without eat. You can, but um, you know, we always eat. And so there's that aspect, but I believe that fellowship and I'm at, I'm going to implement a rule. This is off topic. I'm going to implement a rule that if you're a Christian, if you're a Bible believing Christian, especially if you're a life group leader, especially if you're a volunteer, especially if you call this church, your home and you're all in and you're fired up. Uh, I want to implement a five minute rule at the end of service that you can't talk to anybody. You know, you've got to find somebody you don't know. For five minutes, five minutes. And then you can spend the rest of the afternoon talking to all your family and friends and people that you love. But but that has to be our heart. That has to be our vision. That has to be our mindset when it comes to reaching this next generation. Is yeah, I know you people, your family. I'm gonna find somebody that came here to receive from the Lord. I'm going to make sure that they know that they have a community that loves them. I'm going to make sure that they know that that we're here for them, that we're here to encourage them, that we're here to uplift them, that we're here to pray for them, that we're here to see God move in power in their life, that we're here. If they need some oil, we've got some oil. We have to be intentional about reaching the next generation of Christians. And I usually use that term, the next generation, to mean younger than you. And I, I do mean that. But, but I just mean the next generation of, of who God wants to use. We have to pass this on. We have to continue to allow God to move in power. And I'm, I'm trying to tie a bow on this. But, but I, I do believe that God wants to move even now in this place. God, we're asking for you. Send fresh fire, fresh oil. God, we're asking for a demonstration of your power. And we're asking for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. We're asking for a boldness to be people of faith and to invite others into your presence to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And to witness your goodness we ask for provision and power so that you will be glorified in us god have your way in this place